and welcome to the Manager Tools Members Only Cast. Today's topic, the interview with John Lucht, part one of three. Hi everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back. Today we have a special treat for you. As a matter of fact, today we're publishing the very first podcast we've ever done with someone other than Mark and me. Mark and I recently had an opportunity to meet with John Lucht, and today you get to hear the first part. And the entire interview is over 90 minutes, so we're going to break this up into three separate casts. If you're not familiar with John's work, I have to tell you, you're missing something special. John Luck, the author of Rites of Passage, has been an executive recruiter for the past three decades. And when it comes to advice of the ins and outs of job searching, there is no one better. No one. Mark and I have been huge fans of John's work for over a decade, and it was distinctly our pleasure to be able to meet with John and, and get some of his insight on some of the topics that are near and dear to everybody's hearts here. So, without further ado, here's the first of three parts of the interview. Enjoy. We are thrilled that you are here. Uh, the fact that, uh, that I've finally gotten to meet you after telling everyone about your book for years and years and years is just a treat for me. Um, we rarely... this You will be the first ever interview the first ever non mark or mike voice yeah. oh really I mean, for heaven's sakes yeah. i'm intruding we, we, no, no 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 we've been asked a number yeah. of times yeah. we just well you know what it's like people ask you to review their books right people ask you to introduce them to people and you have to know the person you have to trust them and so on sure we've got we get books all the time please review this book please talk about it on your blog because of the size of our audience and we've said no 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 and we get we get comments once a week please you know please you know broaden your perspectives and so on well we're when it comes to management for basic managers, we're just like you in the sense that that's what we think about. You you think about recruitment, you think about placement, you think about clients, and and we have tons to share for years and years and years to come, and and yet the opportunity to have you on is we, we said to ourselves, okay, we have a standard for what we want to deliver to our audience to the managers who listen. All, we're, by the way, we're in like 170 countries now. People are listening wow. all over the world, all over the world. Yeah, yeah. and and our standard is here. It doesn't make any sense for us if we could do a podcast next week that is at this standard that we would bring somebody on and go down a level, right? We want somebody who raises it a level. And and your book, uh, um, I'll tell you, John, your book changed my professional life in terms of not only explaining some of the behind-the-scenes stuff about recruiting firms sure. and, and, and the, the, the subtleties and so on, but, but more importantly... It was written in the style that I would want to write a book in. In fact, I, I'm sure you remember this. I'm sure I told you this on the on the phone when we first talked. There's a line, the the the, the, the I don't know what you call it, the foreword or the inscription of your book. Uh-huh. This is what I tell my friends. Yes, I I I wanted to write something short and to the point, and it covers it. Yeah. And that's the truth of the matter yeah. too, because some of what's in there is the sort of thing that perhaps would be kind of held back. Right, right, right. Uh, oh, when I was reading, I kept going, this is the thing that I, I want everyone, uh, that I, I kind of knew, but nobody's ever validated, and right. now a guy who's been in the business for 20 years has validated oh, it. It's all authentic, for gosh sakes, it is, and it's fair. 
Yes. It oh. tends to be it. It takes on retainer recruiters, contingency recruiters, right. and it treats both of them fairly. So originally, it was resisted by both retainer mm. and right. contingency recruiters. Uh, when it first came out, the New York Times was going to do a review of my book and a book by the head of one of the biggest recruiting firms. And the head of another recruiting firm managed to suppress that dual review. It never did get it. It never did get it. But, and then the irony of it all was that the fellow who had enough clout with the Times to suppress the review of Rites of Passage sent me his nephew, who was... You know, close in his family, wanted me to help him with his oh, career. Oh, so he suppressed you, but then he still right, uh, right. But then uh, the irony of that was, uh, in order to help his uh, his nephew, I gave him a copy of the book. Of course, he said this is incredible. I want to review it. And he wanted to review it for the L.A. Times, where he does some reviews because he had been. Uh, with a with a major publication outside the country here was coming in. That was his idea was to re-arrive and work here. But anyway, enough yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's I, see what we can talk about that will help yeah, your good. readers. Here, okay, so your, your listeners. So the first question that that I, I sent you uh, is. If, if after all your years of experience and seeing thousands of people placed and talking to interviewers and interviewees and candidates and hiring firms and so on, what one piece of advice? And I know you've got 50, but if you had to pick one, what, what would it be? I thought about that because you did send it to me, and I came up with two things as far as that one question okay. is okay. concerned. One is make yourself known to all of the people that can be helpful. Don't be a tree that you know, was in the forest and it okay. fell, nobody heard it. So make yourself known. And two, know your market. Try to find out where there are potential jobs that you would be appropriate for and try to put yourself in the way of selection right. for that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when I did the website right. that accompanies the book. This is RightSite. RightSite.com. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I especially attacked those two issues, because those were the things that I thought I could help people with. Uh, and sometimes it's a little easier than you would even imagine it to be. At least there are some obvious things and some that are not so obvious. But anyway, um, there are sometimes people think that they shouldn't be widely known, that there's some kind of a disadvantage to being widely known. Uh, so the fact is, if it's retainer recruiters... It's, there's no disadvantage to being widely known because every retainer recruiter is being paid to fill a specific job and they are not going to send your resume around for free because right. that's what the contingency recruiters do. And we have made it a point on RightSide to keep tabs on who are the authentic 100% retained firms. It doesn't count if you do an occasional retainer search but you're and you'd love to do more right but you're mainly contingency mm. uh, so we we really do work on that and we have now uh, I think 597 firms a couple weeks ago it was 596 but we kicked one off found a new one and found another one and so that's we're yeah. we're very concerned about that. And there's no downside, right? No downside to being known to retainer firms, because 
they don't tell each other. They don't engage each other in anything they're doing. Incidentally, the one that we kicked out recently turned out to do something which is absolutely the nature of the contingency business. Uh, he got unsolicited resumes, mm -hmm. and this firm had been in my book for maybe a decade, mm -hmm. uh, and I thought very highly of them. Uh, they sent <laughs> they sent their son away to college. He came back from school, went into the firm, and decided, you know what, the extra resumes that we have no use for, right? I can feed those into one of the contingency networks, and I might get that that kind of a split fee sure. if I did. So all of a sudden, the very thing that we were trying to protect against, one of them was yeah, doing. Right. It took us only 15 minutes to get them yeah. off our list. Right. But uh, here's a reputation that his parents had made for years and didn't take long to, Just at least as far that. as we're concerned, to... Right to destroy it. Take a minute, John, if you yeah. would, because we've got, some of our listeners are either aspiring managers or they've been a manager for a year or two. You take it for granted, Mike and I know what you mean, but take a minute and describe retainer and contingency. Okay, and also, I will, uh, though we just said something that might seem negative to contingency, recognizing that you span the entire spectrum, the contingency recruiters and their widespread publication of resumes is a very positive sure. thing when you're a junior person just starting mm -hmm. out. Right. So, you know, jump in. The water's fine, mm -hmm. and uh, the more people that know about you, the better. There isn't any downside to it particularly. Now, the contingency recruiters are the ones who get paid only if somebody is hired. It's just like a real estate broker. If there's no transaction, there's no payment. And therefore, the object of the game is to get as many resumes out to as many potential employers as you possibly can, just like the real estate agent would like to show right. as many houses or apartments as possible and hope to get uh, a sale. Mm -hmm. It's going to, it's a numbers game. Inflating the numbers helps. Now the retainer recruiters, and the reason there are so very few of them, are able to make a harsher bargain. They can tell their potential clients, look, if you want us to do the work for you, if you want us to look and fill your position with somebody who's highly appropriate and um, perhaps the best person maybe in the country, or at least one of the very best people for the job, if you want that, you want our level of work on this thing, you've got to pay us to do it. And you pay us while we work. And we get paid whether or not you change your mind and don't hire anybody. We get paid whether or not you like the people that we have. You, we get paid even if you ask us to interview your internal candidates, and we tell you the internal candidates are better than the external ones. Mm -hmm. So the retainer recruiter uh, has the higher-level jobs. They have each job exclusively. And to the point that we talked about before, there's no advantage in not being known to a lot of them, uh, as many as possible. Um, of our 597, uh, perhaps uh, 50 of them or so are specialists. They don't do anything except health care or, industry, or right, material yeah. management or whatever it is. Right. Um, so those you don't particularly want to send your resume to, but we have an automated tool that will send your resume to the ones that are generalists and that 
are in your specialty. We have a way so that you can scan a whole field and the default, the presumed um, uh, setting is that you do want to send. Right. And so you probably want to send to all of the generalists if they're not ones that you've already dealt with because you certainly don't want to come in as a stranger from the cold uh, among people that you already have a nice relationship with. But uh, after you just kind of deselect those, then it's a great benefit to be able to have your resume zapped by electronic means into all of right. those appropriate companies. Uh, so that's that's um, kind of you, you want to be known to these retainer recruiters, but the retainer recruiters are not going to, if this question comes up next in right. most people's mind, <laughs> won't I get too much action? Won't I get more than I can handle? Oh, won't I love that one. Oh, gosh, I'll just be too many. I can't possibly deal right. with it. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and, you know, you you should wish. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. The, uh, it's not going to happen because these people are highly paid to find exactly what's needed. It's not a smart idea to say, I know this great person who could do almost anything, right. doesn't know anything specifically about your field, but fabulous <laughs> person, good. you would really like him. Uh, you could try to get by as a retainer recruiter on sending people like that, uh, but it, it doesn't work. Now, right. on the other hand, from the individual's point of view, and we're talking about $100,000-plus people, they're the ones that the retainer recruiters are concerned with, maybe more like 150 or even 200000 mm. as a threshold for retainer recruiters to be interested and paid to go find them. But uh, with respect to those people, uh, the recruiter is going to be very interested in finding out who the people are, but very discriminating and not showing the client anybody who's inappropriate. Right. Mm. They're being paid lots of money to go find the right thing. They're not going to bring the wrong thing. Now, a point, though, before we pass over it, I wanted to mention, usually in the retainer recruiter's group of candidates, and different recruiters have different MOs, even different recruiters within a large firm will have different patterns. But generally speaking, when they present candidates to their client, it's somewhere between four and six candidates. I always like to present six. That was my number. And um, I think it's a pretty prevalent number, not the only one. Right. Uh, Now, out of six, it's kind of a neat idea to present one wild card. One person who is extremely attractive is extremely able, has great credentials, has done wonderful things in another field. Now, you can't populate your list with those people, but one can get through, and it shows that you thought more broadly about Mm. it. Naturally, you choose somebody that you know is going to be well-liked by the uh, client, and you also choose somebody who can be trained and brought up to speed very quickly, uh, somebody who will probably be a good choice. You wouldn't want to present somebody who is not going to be a success because right. how does your business go right. after right. that you know right. you give them a turkey and and right. that's your client relationship is over with so it's naive on the part of the people who think that they can that they're so attractive and so intelligent and they've done so well <laughs> in their field that therefore what they have is applicable to everybody in every field. Right. It isn't, and not as far as somebody who's being paid one third of compensation 
33000 a $100,000, $200,000 being paid to find this person, person better fit. Right. We, and we had a, we had a mutual friend who came out of another field and said, you know, I I, I really I can do anything. Yeah. Just right. give me a staff, just five give me a or staff six people, people and, right. you know, two hundred thousand dollars, and I can do anything. Yeah, like, and uh, you just see that. Well, obviously, you haven't talked to anybody who's halfway intelligent. Let me let me let me yeah. tell you something that I've been saying to my friends for years, John. And and by the way, I'll tell tell our listeners this story. I think I've mentioned to him before. Your book was the book I've told many people about it I've had more copies I've bought more single copies of your book than any other book I've ever bought the, the, the closest one is Effective Executive I've uh-huh. bought probably 50 but I've probably bought over 100 maybe close to 200 copies of your book and, and what I always had was I always had 3 or 4 or 5 on my shelf so mm-hmm. that when somebody called me and said I need some help I just say look we could spend hours. I could. And, and, and you and I know each other. But look, John's a lot smarter than me. Just read this guy's book. And I remember a couple of times going to before Amazon. Uh, came and out. I was, by the way, one of those, yes, one of those, one really, of those friends. Who kind of book, right. Right. Yeah. And I love the fact of telling you. wind up going, choosing to partner yeah. up with yeah, him. Yeah, he's crazy. One good thing. Go ahead. And I remember one time telling somebody, I said, I'll tell you how great this book is. Look what it says in the introduction. It says, this is what I tell my friends. And I said, it's so easy. John's telling his friends. I'm telling my friends, just read this book. But here's what I've been telling them. When they, uh, most people, when they start reading, they don't have any idea that you're going to demystify the whole contingent versus retained recruiters. People just assume they're not going to ever know it. And you do that in the book. Well, one of the things that I told people, and this is my shorthand, mm-hmm. and I want you to tell me if I've been wrong okay, for all the years. Sure. And it's okay. Tell I Believe me, if you tell my uh, listeners uh, they're wrong, they, uh, I've been wrong, they will love it. And they'll read me about it for years. What I told them was this. If you want a, a, a simpler simple way, an overly simple way of, of, of separating contingency from, from retainer firms, it is simply this. Retained firms are search firms. That is, they are paid to search. Contingency firms are placement firms in that they, they get paid when they place somebody. In other words, they're marketing people versus hunting for people. Exactly. What you're and, and it's just, you, you can get paid as a retained firm, obviously. You, they're, they're going to, retained firms don't aren't going to be successful if they bring a lot of good people, but they never tend to get hires out of the group that right. they bring. Sure. Um, oh, they've I, got to solve the problem. Yes, I mean, exactly. If the first group of candidates is deemed inappropriate, even yeah. if it's because the client is just, wrong, right? Yeah. And if the client <laughs> is being obnoxious about it, still, still. it's a service business. Yeah. Right? And so you will bring yeah. another group. Uh, but one thing I always used to do is uh, some. There's some clients who would think that. In fact, I've had several clients that told me over the years, "Well, look, I always reject." Deck. Several of the people that are presented, <laughs> and, uh, and I say, "Now wait a second. Yeah, yeah. I put a lot of work into this. Yeah, there's nobody bad uh, in this group, right? right? And and you're just going to see them." And I had a particular client who was famous for being difficult to work with, and I I said that to him, uh, and he gave me this business. Well, which one of these should I see? <laughs> and, and I said, no, 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 you're going to see all of them. You don't get the program yeah, here. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is going to be the end. And the head of human resources had told me, you know, our president is impossible yeah, yeah, right, to get along right, with. Right. He's just impossible. I apologize for that. But here's the assignment. I want you right. to do it. So I, I got back to New York. And I had a phone call from the head of human resources. She said, John, you wouldn't believe it. 
So the president was walking from office to office to office saying, did I ever find a fabulous consultant? I really <laughs> found somebody great. And probably because he had everybody intimidated, including the head of human resources. Right, right. Everybody just said yes. Oh, you want it upside down and backwards in right, green? Right. Sure, happy to do yeah, it for yeah, you, sir. Get, get me yeah. the green fountain pen, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you said something earlier. You said one piece of advice. You said make yourself known. What, what might you say to a young manager, maybe somebody making about $100,000 a year, uh, in addition to recruiting firms, how can he or she make themselves known? Well, uh, it's important. Um, networking is really important. And I make a distinction uh, between the two kinds of networking, one much more fertile than the other. Mm -hmm. The one that's really fertile, it's really productive, the people who already know you, know you're good, know why you're good and how you're good. Those people are golden. And even if you feel you've lost touch with some of them, and for this person just starting out, it, maybe it'll be a noted uh, professor from the business school okay, or something. Okay, right. you know? okay. it, it may not be the CEO of some other right, company. Right. It may not be the CEO of any company. Right. But it, it's networking with the people who think very highly of you. That's extremely productive. It's also good to branch out from there and get a suggestion, and then somebody else suggests, somebody else right. suggests. But the the impulse to help you and to really stand up and say you're great has got to get weakened every right. step of that the further, further away they are. Yeah, yeah. the further away. Yeah. So um, making yourself known to people who know you and think well of you and would want to try to help you. They right. really would. Um, and that is done uh, now we're going to move maybe just a suggestion that goes Please, beyond yeah. the be the beginner right but for the uh, person who's an established uh, person with quite a track record and so on um, they are prepared they're appropriate to be tucked into a job and if the person that they're talking to is let's say CEO of a huge conglomerate or even a sizable company right there's every likelihood that if the person wanted to, they could hire him right. or her. Right. Uh, so the trick is, uh, I always recommend that people ask for a reference rather than a job. Right. Because um, they'll be happy to be a reference. They'll say, yes, absolutely. If you pin them to the wall and say, have you got a job for me? They're going to have to say, well, no, I don't. No. And mm -hmm. then what they do next is to give you 14 reasons why not. Right. And then they've and talked themselves out of helping you any further. Exactly. Yep. Their mind has gone to from negative. positive to negative. Yeah. On the other hand, if you say, I may need some references, I'm thinking of changing my employment, uh -huh. uh, would you possibly be a reference for me? They say, oh, sure, I'd love to help you. Now, you remember the great things this, that we did yeah. when we were together? What have you done since? Tell me yeah. about it. And the very things that you would wish that you could present, uh, you're asked to present. Now, I, I have to interrupt you here, John. Yeah. This is the moment. There were two moments in the book. The first moment was when I read the book years and years uh -huh. ago was when it said, this is what I tell my friends. I thought, oh, finally, a book that cuts through it. And the other one was when I read that, because when I read your guidance to ask for a reference, I thought, okay, that's the kind of a bit behind the scenes knowledge. And it just struck me as the whole, that, that person who you're asking will see you completely differently if you ask for a reference rather than a job. And when I read that, I can remember very clearly going, huh? 
oh, this is it. So, folks, if you're listening and you didn't know that that was in the book, what that proves to you, as important as that moment is in the book, you haven't read the book and you need to go get the book. It's the only book. I, is it not the only book that we say this is the one book we represent in yeah. one industry? Yeah. I mean, we have other books about management. We have lots sure. of books about well, management. management is a different matter. Yeah, totally you know, different. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Right. But with respect to recruiting, actually, uh, we've been very fortunate. I have, uh, because the book first came out in 1986 and immediately became number one in the field of executive job changing and even careers, executive careers. Uh, it's been number one every year since, and it yeah. still is. Yeah. It sold <laughs> 400,000 copies, yeah. and I figure, as far as I know, it's roughly 20 times as many copies this as any other every- book. <laughs> and so what I say to the people, if I I don't try to sell it, but if somebody is asking about I say, well, look, make an algebraic number. Call it X. Let it represent everything that you don't currently know about the job-changing process that you're in. Right. Because most people think they do know it. They somehow think it's common sense they were born with it, and yeah, there's right. nothing right. that right. can be contributed in uh, addition. We know a few people so, like that. Yes, we do. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, and so I say, well, let X represent anything that you don't know on this subject. Then if you read the book from the front to the back. Now, you don't skip around and just kind of cherry pick yeah, little things right. here and there. But if you go all the way from the front to the back in sequence and you feel you have not learned 5x, five times what you thought was the maximum when you started, then send it to me and I'll give you double your money back. Well, I, I made that offer to people that I talked to one-on-one mm-hmm. for years and I didn't get any ever in all the time I've never had a request for money back but I've had things like orchid plants bottles of champagne <laughs> somebody sent me a check for $350 I don't know how he chose that particular number I think he got a $350,000 job or something oh, okay. you know? but, uh, and I never cashed the check I framed it so he was a winner on that one but uh, anyway, it's um, it will help. It so will help. When you when you think about managers and executives doing job searches, we we often get asked questions. Uh, there's one part of our website called the forums where people go in and ask questions, and where we cringe a little bit when we hear their question because we know they've made a mistake or, uh-huh. or or they're getting ready to make a mistake, and you just want to say no, 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 please. please, please. <laughs> when you think about in, in your in your career. What's the biggest mistake that you that you wince at, or that you wish, if you could share with managers, say, please don't do this one thing that so many people do. It's so simple to avoid. What would be the biggest mistake you see that you want them to stop? Well, uh, mistakes may be two kinds. Um, when people are laboriously calling up retainer recruiters and saying, "Did my resume come in the mail?" Uh, uh, yeah, ninety nine point. Nine 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 percent of the time, of the, mail. the mail is delivered. <laughs> right. Postal service does a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So it's so lame to to um, call up and do that, and such a waste of time. On the other hand, there's lots of productive stuff you could be doing, and if you're really doing a good job at looking for a job, you're spending full time on it. Right. You're working at least eight hours a day, five days a week, and maybe six, seven days. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You're working hard all the time. And if you're doing unproductive things that really don't lead anywhere, uh, let's cut that out and switch to doing something, you know, more productive. How long would you, in in general, how long should somebody expect to find a job? Well, what should should their mindset at least be going into that? Boy, I'll tell you, I would go in without an outrageous 
expectation. I wouldn't go in there saying that it's going to take me a week for every... It used to, years ago, they used to say a week for every $10,000 of compensation. Right. Well, compensation has gone up and time has <laughs> right. not increased. Yeah. So that's not true anymore. But the best thing is not to come up with some narrow expectation, say, boy, if I do a good job, it should all be over at a certain time. Problem with that is, if it doesn't work out, and it, you might beat that, you might very well right. beat that time by a lot, but if it doesn't work out that way, then you're beating yourself up and, and saying and, it was... And I, you move, you work less hard after that day. Yes, you That's say, yeah, this is a daunting thing, yes. it doesn't work, they're all against I me. I must be wrong. Yeah, yep. and, and, you know, it's the world is against me. Let's see if they have any jobs at Starbucks, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that is... Um, Incidentally, uh, Starbucks is a great company, and some people have done very, very well. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Um, well, anyway, um, there would be uh, other things that, that people do wrong. On a more conceptual level, a 30,000-foot level or something, I would say it is not realizing that getting a job is a competitive undertaking. Oh, you truly are There's no good job that doesn't have several people competing for Desperate it. Desperate for it, even, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you've got to figure what these other people are going to bring to the party. Yeah, they're probably going to bring uh, a direct experience with a competitor. Right. They're going to bring um, years of knowledge of the same thing. They're going to bring a lot of stuff that somebody, the decision maker or even the uh, screening people in the personnel department could hold against you and say, well, of course you don't have this. Right. right. But those kinds of, of, um, of uh, you don't haves and negatives are usually brought out after something else you've done that, right. that, that, right. is, that they're really they're not just, they're willing to say. justifications for, yeah. 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 They're, they're, maybe they think you're too old or maybe they think you're Right. Gender is wrong, or whatever it is, they're prejudiced in some way. They can't say that, right. so then they come up with other stuff. So the trick is, you've got to figure out what it is that is your best thing to sell, and also what are the objections that anybody might have. To your, whether to your particular background. Yes, right, yeah. right. and to you. Um, uh, naturally, it, it pays to be... Um, pays to be uh, attractive and nice and all of that. You you don't gain anything by being testy and, 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 rude by, and short and right or or uh, now it's important that you figured out what the company probably needs. Uh, surely I wouldn't I wouldn't go for an interview with a recruiter or Forget the recruiter, especially not for anybody in the company, without having read every single word that's on their website. I mean, I even go to the things that talk about news releases. And news releases, as far back as the website shows them. So if they've, got, I, if they've got news war. releases yeah. over the past two or three years, fine. Right. That's okay. Uh, I Probably that one-time annual report is enough. Uh, but... News releases are really interesting because it shows 
what they what were they saying think, yeah. and what they thought yeah. was going to be a big winner for. Right. And it may not have become a big winner, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And then, of course, as you bring it up, bring it up in the form of a question rather than, right. uh, oh, I guess you really struck out when you tried to <laughs> uh, do that acquisition. Uh, no, no. How has that acquisition worked out? Uh, that's uh, something that I could certainly help with, you right. know, because my background, boom, boom, boom. Um, anyway, um, the thing that people don't tend to realize is that it's competitive. Right. And they have got to analyze the market, and they've got to think in terms of persuading somebody, and they've got to think not only what the advantages are, but what are the shortcomings, and they're going to look for ways to prove that the shortcoming is not disabling. Right. We, uh, we, we tell uh, our, our listeners often that, uh, and we, we have a whole series on interviewing, one of the things we say is you need to know the market, and you also need to know yourself. I, I'm surprised yes. when I interview people, uh, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with behavioral interviewing, I'm amazed at people who, when I look at their resume, uh-huh. it would appear, okay, this person's done some some good things, he's in the ballpark, right. and, and, and of course, we only interview people who, whose resumes make us think they're in the ballpark, right? right? That's right. the first Sure, and and then I sit with them, John, and they 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 can't communicate it. They can't verbally communicate it. Well, you know, I I can agree with exactly what you're saying, but I also see a danger too in attempting to do that. Okay, because there is a very widespread opinion that you should communicate. I hate jargony words like skill set. Right, but you should communicate. Your skills communicate your wonderfulness. What's so great about you? Uh, I'd rather that your that your person who is interviewing mm-hmm. you, making the decision, screening you, that they can infer from what you present by the way of achievements right, that right. you must have ah, certain beautiful. skills. Yeah. There you go. And that's what uh, we tell even them. Maybe so you, quotations yeah. from somebody else, but always. Uh, self-praise is not... No. It yeah. doesn't... But what, what I find is, here I'm interviewing this fellow, and I say, hey, tell me more about this experience. And, and I would assume... Oh, and he doesn't even have it he, freshly he, in he mind. Do, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a two- to three-minute answer that I can probe in and say, well, right. tell me more about that negotiation, because I want to know if his negotiation sure. style is like our corporate. And he, he says, well, it went well. And I said, well, tell me how... We know What made it go well? What did right. you do to lead up to it? What, right, what exactly. And he says, well, you know, it was a negotiation. I said, well, yeah, I know that. It's on the resume. Right, right. But where's the depth for me to say, you're our kind of negotiator, for instance? Well, sure, exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas if if you went into hostile territory and you managed to get a competitor yeah. to agree to a mutual marketing arrangement or something. Wow. And you say, you know, we know that you can negotiate. Yeah. 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 And for years, nobody had achieved anything like that. But you know, right. now you have. Right. Uh, but it's... Even just a very fundamental point that you're bringing up that deserves to be just kind of polished and presented a little more, that is that there are a lot of people who have not read their resume recently. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They don't even know what's on the paper. And when you ask them... now. People are going to listen to this and they're going to say, oh, well, nobody would be like that. These guys are telling us stuff that we don't need to know. 
Yeah, I don't know about yeah, that right. for sure. We have plenty, you and I and Mike, we have plenty of data of people sitting in front of us, talking to us, and not being able to amplify on their resume, yeah. let alone right. something else. Exactly. But we don't know so, what to ask if it's not on the resume. And, and how are we wouldn't. going to believe it if they can't present it? Yeah. Why are we going to be able to believe it, number one, yeah. and communicate it, number two? Right. I had somebody one time in response to a question about a particular job for a particular time period. His answer was, I had that on my resume. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and yet here John and I are sitting going, well, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that that would happen because we've seen, yeah, well, uh, crazy. Yeah, that we've seen. Yeah. All right, folks, that's it for part one. And since we've been less than time limit on our monthly members only cast of late, you won't have to wait long for part two. We'll put that out next week. Now, one additional note before I go. If you're a premium member, make sure you check out our website announcement of our new enhanced premium members podcast feed. If you're using an iPod or an iPhone, now you can get the podcast, starting with the July cast, in an enhanced feed with chapter marks, and in the case of a video iPod or iPhone, premium content slides embedded in the podcast itself. That's right. So, if you want more details, check it out, www.managertools.com. Well, that's it. And we'll see you on the members-only cast next week. So long.